0: Welcome to the Everyday Citizens Tactical Podcast, episode four, Cowboy Up. My name is Jeremy, and I will be your host. Let me start off by apologizing for the delay in this episode's release. As I had said on YouTube last week, I had just closed on a new home with some property at the end of May, and the projects have not stopped since, and it has held up content production across all the platforms that I'm currently running. After this coming 4th of July, we should be back to normal and hitting YouTube especially hard. Today's guest is a good old boy from out west, Willard D., or as he's better known on Instagram, Squibload Tactical. Realtors out in the heart of cowboy country getting it done while bringing the modern movement of firearms to light for a lot of people across the last of the frontier. Today's episode will be a little more casual than normal, but we'll still have some good info nonetheless. So, without further delay, let's begin.
1: Tell me turn it down and I'm a only turn up louder Yo! Call me what you want but you kick on me no coward no! Straight the numbers we the people still the ones with power Fighting ay- fire ay- with fire time to take back what is ours ay- Tell me turn it down and I'm a only turn up loud. Call me what you want but you kick on me no coward no! Straight the numbers we the people still the ones with power ay- Fight ay- and ay- Fire and
0: ay- fire time to clock oh. All right Willard welcome to the Everyday Citizen's Tactical Podcast What's going on, boys? Yeah, Willard has got his truck all uh, all sci-fied out just to be on the podcast, so big shout out to you for that. Something of a mad scientist slash cowboy.
1: Well, I don't know, but... Well, I know, yeah, the mad part, but scientists, I don't know. I don't get real
0: scientific. Well, if you want to go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about yourself, who you are, and why I brought you on.
1: Well, I don't know why you brought me on. That might be a bad idea, but I am the one and only willard d oh i've been cowboying for a darn long time now and just recently i say recently a few years ago got into guns and stuff and i opened up a can of worms i cannot put back now Mm -hmm. if that kind of
0: sums it up for somebody that's only recently got into this a couple years ago you definitely are i mean just absolutely knee deep in the mud
1: yeah, I'd say knee deep, waist deep. I might even be sinking in
0: it. You might be sinking in it. If you're for everybody that doesn't doesn't follow him on Instagram, I definitely suggest that you do. But he puts up he puts up some pretty cool stuff. A lot of long range shooting, a lot of stuff with his truck, uh, tons of. I mean, you you've really been kind of spreading out your wings and just the kind of stuff that you've been covering recently.
1: Yeah, um, I'm trying to avoid the whole whatever one else is doing, I guess, whatever you call that Mm -hmm. and not, not trying to be, Oh, I'm Mr. Different. Follow me. But you know, you see the same pictures of the same types of people wearing the same old helmets and stuff, which there's nothing wrong with it. It's just Mm -hmm. like, okay, we've seen that. And you know, let's, let's look at something different and hopefully have something different to offer to what's out there already. Yeah.
0: And I like how much you get your old lady involved too.
1: Oh yeah. Megan, Megan,
0: She's definitely into it, that's for sure.
1: A poor gal. She didn't sign up for it, but,
0: well, she, she's in it now. Yeah, she's stuck with it. I think that's kind of how my girl, your girl, and Max's girl kind of, they're just kind of stuck with us, and they don't have anything else to do now but what we're what we <laughs> what we're doing. Yeah, stuck. So kind of moving on to our, our first question of the night, you know, what, obviously you're, you're from out west. Uh, we won't say where unless you want to.
1: Um, Northwest Wyoming, I cover Yellowstone and, uh, Southern Montana, pretty much.
0: There you have it. Um, so you're in just the heart of cowboy country. So obviously you've been, you've had guns your whole life, but what was the, the key indicator or what was this, the switch that flipped you into kind of the mindset and, you know, the actions that you, you do now?
1: So I know a lot of
0: people so far
1: in your show have been like, well, and then sort of a kind of a vagueish answer because they eased into it. Mm-hmm. but I actually made a post on this. I can't remember. I, don't know, I may have shared it the other night on my story, whatever. But uh, I was headed back from a rodeo in Montana, July of 19. I think it was July, maybe a little later. Mm-hmm. And I was driving. I was going I was going through the Crow Agency. I had just crossed into Wyoming, and I was coming up on Sheridan, Wyoming. And I was scrolling through Instagram, you know, texting and driving, not paying attention, all this good stuff. And I stumbled across a – t-rex arms post as a video of him shooting and i was like oh yeah you know cops in their cool gear showing off whatever and stuff and then i stumbled across another one like right after i was like wait a minute i don't see any badges or stuff so i kept scrolling and I clicked on the dude's account and dug through it i was like oh he's just a regular civilian and sure enough i stopped in sheridan when i got there went to this training post and found the gun i'm still using now that Armalite rifle. Mm-hmm. For like $402, dude didn't know what he had. I was like, well, I, I guess I'll buy it. And then it just snowballed down here from there. I was like, well, crap, now I'm stuck, you know, spending all my money on it.
0: And you definitely, I, I definitely like kind of the aesthetic, we can call it, that you kind of have going. Like you said earlier, that's something that's a little different. You know, you're wearing jeans, you're wearing the clean hat, or the semi-clean hat, I should say.
1: Well, um- in my opinion, it's the best camouflage for here. Mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't it doesn't blend into the sage as good as something else you can find but i rip my i'll even just say i take my plate carrier off and all of a sudden i'm just some old rancher looking for his cows and no one knows what i'm doing or what my intentions are because i look like everyone else Mm -hmm. so that that's a there's sort of a point to it and it's the good guy look out here um I know Texas Rangers and Texas Department of Public Safety are worth a crap, but you see them wearing a white hat with a gun belt and some kind of vest, and the civilians immediately think good guy. So there's cert- there's kind of a uh, system behind it, if you For will.
0: Sure. It's definitely a very kind of more clean cut and professional look. Yeah. Um, I kind of I kind of equate it to. I guess people that aren't necessarily from the West, we just call them even the deep South or the East coast, wherever it may be. And just wearing kind of the, that tactical clothing, but it's, it's clean. It fits well. You know, everything looks sharp. You know, there is, there is a lot that goes into, you know, how you present yourself. Yeah. And
1: if you wanted to put it into some kind of standards, it is matching PRCA dress code, which is the professional rodeo and cowboy association. So if you go behind the buck and shoots at a rodeo, that's PRCA dress code, long sleeve, you know, cowboy shirt, jeans, boots, and a hat at minimum.
0: There you have it, folks. You ain't no cowboy.
1: So yeah, if you don't dress like that every day, I'm sorry, I can't help you, none. You're just going to get run out of town.
0: Yep. Um, so I guess obviously you 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 definitely cowboy. Um, so we kind of want to talk about the importance of horses and mules for civilian groups kind of the shtf scenario you know you're running out of gas whatever that may be you don't even have to be from out west you could be from the deep south you could be from the appalachians up there in the northeast whatever it may be um people got horses in every corner of this country Um, so kind of what's your what's your mindset behind that for horses outside of you know ranch work
1: if you're i know exactly what you're asking and i was thinking about this today and a couple weeks ago and Really on and off since you know the election went south in twenty was it twenty twenty or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're set up for it and you know what you're doing and you've been doing it for a long time, it'll benefit you. If you are just getting into it and you don't know what you're doing, it'll kill you because all of your critters have to eat. They all have to have shoes. They are going to get sick. They're going to get abscesses. They can colic all this crap and if you don't know what you're doing if you don't have uh experience or the drugs or the tools or the know-how it's gonna get your critters killed you killed in a worse situation and then um you know a quick example let's say some guy oh he just bought some mules in the world's ending and he's in the middle of nowhere in his horse colics well now he's got all this crap that he packed out with him, and now he's got a, a dead critter. Mm-hmm. Now what? Yeah. So you can get yourself in a bad spot real quick if you don't know what's going on. Flip side is, you've got something with four, four legs more sure-footed than you are, and he's toting all your stuff with you.
0: Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, for, the, for those that aren't horse people, or have had mules or anything like that in the past, you know, your there's a lot more. To having a horse or working off a horse than just being able to ride the horse. I think being able to ride the horse is honestly just the easiest part.
1: Um, uh yeah 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 to you an extent
0: that. I I guess it depends I'll what you're doing you with the horse. I
1: think that you come out to the Rafter D Ranch and we'll let you
0: see. <laughs> I guess I should be more I should clarify more. It depends on I'll, what kind of riding we're talking about.
1: Yeah I'll put it this way having um a large animal so something other than a dog like a horse or I'll even throw in ox in there just a wild card. If you have something that size, it's going to be like taking a, a five-year-old kid with you and you're going to have mm-hmm. to take care of it. So, you know, think about it that way.
0: Cause it's like what you talked about. You have to be able to identify when something's wrong with its hooves or if it gets an abscess, you know, do you know that you're not supposed to let your horse eat or drink, you know, after a long, hard work or a colic And you know, there's different things oh, yeah. that go along with all that. And if you, if you like, you push your critter as Willard likes to call them critters. <laughs> if you push them and continue to push them too hard, if they're hurt or they're sick or whatever, and you get on them and try to ride them real hard, they're either egg going to give out and die on you, or they're going to throw your ass because they don't want to ride. And then now you're hurt. Now it's just yeah. another situation. That's
1: another thing is, um, if you're new to it and you're just, I want to buy a horse. Well, great. Your heart's in the right place. But if you don't know what you're getting, you're going to get tossed pretty far you know you get on a four-year-old hancock bred stud horse and you didn't know that well now you got your neck broke
0: yeah you could definitely get seriously hurt on horses and you don't even got to be doing anything crazy to you could be very simply you know just walking the trail and your horse for whatever reason decides to act up throws your ass down the holler and now you got a <sighs> bunch of broken ribs and a snap leg and yeah it's it up
1: it's a whole world. I could I could spend the whole night talking about it with gun broke and being, you know, spooking in the woods or, you know, even
0: it just keeps going on and on and on. I can even. See, that's a whole other field is, is gun breaking your horses. Being able to ride your horse, even riding your horse hard is one thing. Being, being able to operate and fire around your horse is a completely different ballgame. Yeah, and you got to get
1: the right, I say the right horse – um you'll find that right horse out there you know mentally where it's like okay we're we're a team we're about to go shoot some atf agents and all their dogs you might get that (laughs) horse that both of you're just like you know what screw this guy i want to kick him and you're like yep i want to shoot that horse right in the head and eat him so it's just just so many cans of worms i could bust open but if you i'll leave it at this as far as the whole tactical plus horse thing goes if you can find the right one that you're both a team Yeah, you're a now a bigger target in a shootout, whatever you want to call it. But I mean heck, it'll make you move a whole lot quicker than you can on foot.
0: And that's the other thing is is you gotta think about it from a low to no fuel perspective. You know, is it really worth it to travel to get water every day and use the fuel in the vehicle? Or do you tie some five gallon jerry cans? To the backside of your saddle and ride your horse to wherever your water source is
1: well it's like i told somebody today you know i said you know gas is five dollars and if hay wasn't so expensive i'd ride my horse but so you know it's this weird trade-off it's still mm-hmm. expensive to travel right now and i assume it's going to be the same issue if the gas turns off
0: mm-hmm. where
1: are you going to get your head yeah sure i could graze them out here but you know once this rain's done i might not see rain till
0: november well, that's the other thing I've, I've been, I've been thinking a lot about lately is, yeah, I've got, you know, decent, some decent feed built up and whatnot. And, you know, you could stockpile a lot of hay, but, you know, depending on how long everything goes down, I mean, what's the plan after that? I mean, if you don't have, yeah. you know, big, you know, big pastures to graze horses and, you know, grazing horses, obviously is different from down here in the South. And then up there out West where you are, you know, that you're from what is it, Mississippi originally.
1: Yeah, I was born in Mississippi, and I worked down there a
0: bunch. You know how it is. Grass is completely different here than it is up there.
1: Oh, yeah. It's bluegrass up there.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the bluegrass. But if you don't have, you know, 30, 40 acres to graze a couple horses on grass, you know, they can't eat eat year-round just on the pasture.
1: Yeah. And, and yes, horse was the main transportation before uh, gasoline was invented and even when the trains were running, it is possible. I'm not going to say, wow, you can't do it. It's possible, but the world right now and the way everyone's raised up, you've got a lot to learn, and even myself included. If I try to ride across the U.S., I'm going to be in for something to learn.
0: Well, the U.S., and really just the world in general, except for a few corners of the world, everything is completely different than what it used to be. One... Almost everybody used to be a true horseman back in the day. If you had a horse, you were probably a ho- a horseman of the sense. You knew everything there was about that horse um, or your family's it- horses. And, and, you know, there was a lot more resources available while traveling with your horse um, to sustain it. There was a lot more creeks, a lot more rivers. You know, there was a lot more um, open fields and grass pastures and places to tie off your horse where they could graze temporarily for the night. You know, we don't have that anymore.
1: Well, I'll also tell you the biggest issue that no one sees except for any of these old farts around here is barbed wire. You can't get across this country now as half as fast as you could with barbed wire.
0: Yeah, that's true. I remember I remember watching a documentary a couple years ago that talked about you know the invention of barbed wire and how it essentially cut off horse travel from one side of the country to the other.
1: Oh, yeah. They'd, they'd burn your house and your land and cut your barbed wire if you got caught with a barbed wire fence around your stock back then.
0: Yeah, barbed wire definitely changes things. Not that I think everybody needs to be tracking halfway across country, but if you got to do, well, I do, mean,
1: and it's, it's now the gold standard for marking your place. And Wyoming is a fence out territory, so you if you don't want something in there, you fence it out. Mm-hmm. And you know, and there's just no getting around barbed wire, and it's not a bad thing.
0: Yeah, and the other part about it is, is that unless your horse is a traditional ranch horse or a work horse. Your horses I mean, even like my horse, my horse is not built, or not built, I should say, not in shape to run operations seven days a week if I just decided to saddle him up and start going around.
1: Yeah, and I was just fixing to bring that up. Uh, if you wanted to bring your horse up or have a horse to the standards of the 1800s, you would have to essentially recreate
0: a whole other bloodline
1: because horses have, have gotten less and less in certain standards mm-hmm. throughout the generations of horses
0: and horses even used to, the average horse used to be smaller than what they are now but they i mean it's yeah. just like people they were so much tougher back then than they are now
1: oh yeah they didn't have walmart back then so they knew what they were doing
0: Hmm. yeah that's the other thing is just, as much as, as this podcast you know we want to talk about horses and mules and how much how beneficial they are and whatnot the reality is Your horses and mules, except with with a few exceptions, I said, are not built to do what we imagine them to do.
1: Yeah, it's um, yeah. To to sum up your original question, you're not going to get what you think out of it, what you saw in the movies. Mm -hmm. And um, if you do decide to go that way, you either need to know what you're doing and get after it or stay away from it cuz there's really no in between. It's kind of a all or nothing.
0: And you just like fuel, you kind of got to prioritize the um, capabilities of your horse or mule, so, you know. Can your horse and mule run your operation 7 days a week? No. Can your horse ride you into town 2 to 3 days a week? Yes. Um yeah. So, you got to you got to realize that they're going to have um, limits just like just like we do.
1: That's just like having hired help with
0: you. It really is. Except, hell, I have to argue that's even more expensive.
1: Oh yes, you you can't find no one to work right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Especially as far north as you are. Oh gosh. Um, but I guess this kind of starts to bring us into our next kind of talking point is you know self sufficiency and food production. Which reminds, I wanted to ask you, what kind of chickens did you get this year? Yes. I'm just, I'm just curious. <laughs> You're, Are we, smart. You're smart. smart ass.
1: <laughs> oh, we got, uh, we kind of. So Megan works at Tractor Supply a little bit, you know, yeah, getting the yeah. discounts and the the free leftover stuff, whatever. Mm. So we kind of, just kind of grabbed a bunch when they were hatching out. Uh, we got a handful of Smoky Pearls, Golden Comets.
0: I saw the comments.
1: Um. We got a little baby in there somewhere. Oh shoot! I'm I'm mentally digging through my chicken coop right now and kicking him out of the way. Hank's a big old something, our rooster. I can't remember what he is. And oh uh, shoot, what are those other ones? I'm drawing blank on it right now. One of them's feather-footed. But yeah, like, you got
0: ducks too, didn't you?
1: Oh, yeah, we got, about, we got uh, picked up five mallards recently. They'll probably be put in the freezer. There's one white generic domesticated duck. I don't even know what that thing's called.
0: That's and That was going to be my next question. Are, are these chickens and ducks, are they going to be egg layers, or are these supposed to be meat birds? Majority are going to be meat birds. Um,
1: if I see them starting to hatch out and whatever, me and Megan are like, okay, these guys are doing their part and – cranking out more of them then yeah they're going to be banded, and we're going to keep them and the same thing goes for the turkeys but i'm not we're not really too sure on how the turkeys are going to wind up we're thinking that they're just all going to go in the freezer because the turkeys we have are just strictly meat birds
0: yeah do you have dedicated egg layers at all we don't know it's still kind of too
1: early to tell right now
0: oh so you don't have like you don't have other flocks already established
1: no we sort of just we got the area set out and we're still kinda of chipping away at finishing it up and building it up.
0: Hmm. I just finished and my chicken coop.
1: I know, you're getting your built way quicker than me and Megan can even write it on paper. Dude, I don't
0: I don't know how I am still moving or operating because I have been non stop for about three weeks, just 14 15 hours a day outside, just grinding away. I don't know how I'm I, doing it.
1: We're gonna hire you because I'm i'm bad lazy i'll get home and sit on the <laughs> couch and not do nothing and, and ask megan why ain't nothing been done
0: <laughs> no i come i come home from the firehouse just get done with 24-hour shifts and then i go right outside till 9 nine thirty 30 at night the only reason i'm in tonight is just for the podcast otherwise i'd have had 15 other things to do
1: oh yeah i don't blame you i mean you're starting to figure out that you've had birds before right or are you getting into it
0: this is my first personal flock of birds
1: Okay, so you're starting to figure out how much chore is
0: involved. Yeah, and the chicks aren't that bad right now, but they're going to be. Hell, are. I, I just had to switch out their waterer for a bigger waterer because the chicks are drinking a, a, a crap ton more water these past couple of days than they were Yeah. even the week prior. And uh, these ducks we have, they'll drink about nine
1: gallons in five minutes. Holy cow. I don't know what they're doing with it, but... I'll stick it out there and it'll come back five minutes later and it's gone. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at me, well, you hadn't fed us in a while. I'm like, what the hell? So So I
0: got got all black Australorps. Okay. And and my idea for this, so I got, let me try to think. I have 22 hens and two roosters. And that's only because the hatchery I got mine from ended up sending me a couple extra chicks. So I was like, all right cool and so far i haven't identified any other roosters so i think i'm still at two Um, but the idea behind mine is that they're all going to be egg layers and i'm going to get an incubator and i specifically broke up the numbers the way that i did so there was a proper rooster to hen ratio and then i'm going to get an incubator and every so often collect the eggs and incubate them and raise my own meat birds on property
1: yeah you'll be fine with. you'll be set on chicken with that it'll be you, everything in life you do pay for in one way or the other. You'll pay mm-hmm. for it in work, but you don't have to pay the retarded dollar for it. And heck, it'll always, yeah, and it'll always be in stock. You know, up here we have no eggs or chicken in any of these stores.
0: Well, that's that was gonna be one of the things I was gonna talk about. and this is kind of kind of goes into the self sufficiency and food production point originally. Is you know, there's already corners of the country that are starting to see a lack thereof or complete loss of poultry related products i think uh, it's anybody that pays attention it's not it's not a shock that come probably august september at the latest we're going to start the entire country will feel the effects of the poultry market just being kaput yeah well they've already
1: done burnt down what two more egg processors or something
0: Dude, we had uh, just a in the county over for me today we have this giant um, food processing plant that is centered all around organic food. It's one of the biggest ones on the East Coast. Um, it caught fire today.
1: Yeah, I think I saw that headline or something.
0: I was like, "What in the hell was going on over here?" Because we just had that oh. one in Minnesota with the birds. And yeah, we had the Belmont one in Wisconsin. That place caught on fire. And now we got this one. I just it. I don't want to get too conspiracy theory, but but damn, it's there's there's no way. All these food processing plants is
1: Well, I, I'll tell you, I used to be a big conspiracy and everybody, Oh, Willard, he's just just full of it, and, and now I'm just the smartest man in this county because mm-hmm. wow, he knew it. He knows, he knows something, boys. That's and how I'm I feel. Like,
0: oh, that's how I feel. <laughs> I'm
1: like, I told you, Well,
0: I'm, you got uh, guns for sale. I'm like, no, not anymore. Do you? So, do you, you know. have? What do you have going? Do you have? You don't have to say what, but do you have other? means of food production going right now are you a garden man
1: yeah we're well our garden is i'll say behind schedule because i like to sit on my butt a lot but we've and that's sort of megan's thing she knows more about it and that's that's sort of like her thing there Mm -hmm. and uh but yeah so we're gonna we've got a lot of stuff in the ground and a lot of stuff in planters still in the house right
0: now nice i have i've got a hefty garden planted this year i got a real hefty garden and i've got everything in the ground at this point except my potatoes and the only reason is because i got i was behind on the potatoes my potatoes i've washed off and they're sitting in the a cool dark place right now waiting to sprout yeah well you but, can
1: grow those in a in a black garbage sack so oh we, yeah we skipped the potatoes knowing that yeah we can just kind of wing that one because they don't they're not very needy or whatever you want to call it
0: so long as you have uh, potatoes on hand to grow them from
1: it, pretty much and then it's kind of shame on me for not boosting this garden along because we've had so much rain relative to the past years. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm sure everybody's heard about the flooding up just next door to me in
0: Yellowstone and up in Red Lodge, Montana. Yeah, yeah, that, those pictures are wild as well. Yeah, the poor little
1: transplants—they spent two million dollars in the house. Now it's washed down the Missouri River.
0: <laughs> yeah, I came outside this morning. And yesterday, I didn't have any sprouts yet from my green beans. And I came out this morning, and I had perfectly rowed sprouts of green beans along my trellises. And it, it brought a little bit of joy to my soul.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, it'll shoot up too. You know, we've had a couple of things. We've stuck into the planter and, you know, go cook a cheeseburger and you come back, oh shit, there's green
0: things in my pot now. Mm-hmm. That's a good feeling. For anybody are listening, if you do not garden to any extent, or you don't have any types of self-sufficiency going at the moment, I don't care how much space you got. Find something to do. You can be in a sky rise in New York and still have something something, something growing. Because I'm going to go
1: ahead and tell you back to the conspiracy theory stuff. Hmm. Um, if you hadn't noticed, the food food shortage freight train is coming. The crossing lights are blinking, gates down, signals run, and it's headed our way quick, fast, and in a hurry.
0: Mm-hmm. The, the big thing that I don't think people realize... Um, people keep keep saying like oh we're we're fine here in the US. Yeah, things are expensive, but we don't have political conflict or this or that or blah blah blah. People don't realize how much we import into this country and that the more global conflicts that arise and the more that happens overseas, the worse it's going to get for us.
1: Well, yeah, and, and that's why prices are good Yes, the US dollar is devaluing quickly. But the imports are shutting off for different reasons across the board or slowing down. And that's what's jacking these prices up. Of course, I hear it all the time. That's expensive. When I was your age, it was this. And I keep telling them, look, dude, you know it's this is not even the beginning.
0: Mm-mm. No, we have a long, we have a really long way to go. If you really sit down and put your mind to it, the amount of time we have to go until we start to see the, the opposite effect and, and things return to normalcy is we've got at least a couple of years, I think. Oh, it, well, yeah. A couple of years till the, the fun starts. Yeah. If bare minimum, at least a couple of years. years, I, I, I say longer.
1: Yeah. I still think there's time to, if you're caught with your pants down, there's still time to get your ducks in a row. Very you small know, window. Yeah. There's still a window, but it's
0: very small. The problem is it's becoming so expensive that people – that now people in the past used to say, oh, prepping is expensive, raw, I can't afford it, blah, blah, blah. Now that's starting to become a valid excuse. Yeah. Oh, shoot.
1: If I would know now what I knew in 2018 when I was rodeoing, I would have sold my saddle chaps, halter, and everything and just dumped everything into guns and ammo and gotten the kickstart in that department so that right now I could be channeling more funding towards – food related products mm-hmm. or you know, I say self-sustaining products.
0: I wish I would have been able to move into my house a lot sooner. Cause I got out of the Marine Corps in 2020 and I lived in an apartment back to back years. Cause I just, that's just, it's just what I had to do. I couldn't, I, I couldn't get into a house and the housing yeah, market sucked. And this time I just finally pulled the trigger and I was like, it's got to get done. Yeah. Well, who knows what housing's going to do? I'm,
1: it's either going to go the materials catch up and it explodes bigger or it the whole world crashes, one or the other. Or both. Oh, yeah, or both. Because I'm fixing to get into some construction here soon because to combat gas prices right now.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm speaking of critters. I'm watching a critter crawl across my, my ceiling right now.
1: I'm pointing my bread at my water bottle in the driver's seat.
0: <laughs> We're a bunch of dumbasses.
1: <laughs> I was probably looking at... This is Cody Wyoming. A cop just passed and he was like, "Mask nice gun!
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a different world out there. It is a completely oh. different world out west than it is in any other corner of this country.
1: Oh, it cracks me up. Because I get, you know, tourist town, I see a lot of people come through here. And I, I don't hardly ever open carry anywhere else in the U.S. because of obvious reasons that have been discussed all over the place. Mm. But I open carry here because people from all over come and they go, <gasps> Is that real? And I say, Yes. And they go, like, Oh, do you need a license? I say, a license? I get a driver's license. And they and they just, oh, and then they walk away. And I do that to let you know, hey, you are in this county. You know, if you even think about moving here, just know bullets fly all over this town and it's totally legal. Lucky. And so it's just kind of like a um, let you know where you are. And there's, gonna, there's no one's going to shoot up anything in this town. There's no danger of that. Mm-hmm. I know it can happen anywhere, and I'm aware of that. I don't let my situational awareness drop any but it's one of the very few open carry excuse towns that you can do that in it's as far as the gun world terms go is still acceptable which i don't go by any gun world or gun community crap i think it's all dumb but you kind of get what i'm saying there as far as why i open carry in this town
0: yeah i open carry from time to time even even down here in kentucky i don't really care i yeah. like to, like today i got done with you know, six or seven hours worth of yard work right off the bat in the morning. when I'm at, If I leave the walls of my house at, at the minimum, I've always got my gun on me. So I just carry outside the waistband because it's more comfortable to work in. And well, I didn't feel like changing. So I just went into town open carrying. I just, yeah. I don't really care.
1: There's this Man. one time we got done branding cows and pulled into Walmart, jumped out of the truck. I still had my top boots, spurs, I just was able to rip my chaps off. Gun belts, bullets strung all up and down these guns and belts. And I had two pistols. Still had my hat covered in cow shit and mud. And I walked into Walmart to go shopping. And that is still a normal sight here. Mm-hmm. And uh, this dude, well, you know, one of the, I just moved here from Oregon guys. was like, you can have that? I said, uh, yeah. Like, you retard? And he goes, oh, that's just the greatest thing. You know, runs off. week later, I'm else somewhere else in town i see the dude and he's got two springfield 1911 stuffed backwards in his breeches and leather holsters and he just thought that's the greatest thing in the world <laughs> so it's kind of a hey you know it's allowed here and guns are like pocket knives and newspaper they're just everywhere no one even bats an eye at it
0: mm-hmm. so and you know that kind of brings it into the next part of you know i know you don't identify with the community but um you know what? You know what kind of, what kind of thought process do you have behind as far as building a community and involvement with your community, and and only disclose what you want. Um,
1: so, um, I'm kind of, I sort of, yeah, I got something going on. The best way I could describe it is, I run it like ranch foreman style. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll put out these little shooting dates, and I'll invite certain amount of people I've sort of talked to and halfway vetted and, you know, they're not going to be some of that goes and talks to the ATF because they have their buddies at top tier, whatever. And I've run into people like that out here and you know, Oh, I got this shooting day coming up. If they show up when they say they show up, okay, I'm going to put you in our little group chat. And if you want BS and then that's why that's where I post my, uh, other shootings, hangouts, whatever. So I, it's kind of a tight knit, close group, but at the same time, I'll if I see somebody that's like, okay, I could get along with this dude, then I'm gonna sort of advertise that to him. Mm. So it's kind of like uh, I don't know. I'm sure I described it just like a cult, but
0: I that's only all, put that's all. That's all yeah. everything is these days. Oh yeah, yeah well, you
1: know, I'm in the mountains and. In the West, and we have this secret group of people that you only got to talk to me if you want to be in it. Well, yep, that's a cult. Um, but it's basically, I'm trying to pick who's going to hang around me and who I hang around type deal. Mm. And it even boils down to are you going to have a neg- negligent discharge? Well, then maybe I'm not going to say, oh, come shoot with us again. But because- at the same time, I tell a lot of people, I have three sets of L210s. This is what an L210 is. I have a rifle with all these crap on it. I can see in the dark, you know, and I throw that out there to these FUDs. And so there's two sides to that coin. There's the public and then there's the, I'm not going to put just anybody around me. Mm
0: -hmm. So, and, and you do, you brought up your, your, one of your guns there. You do a lot of, I would say, long-range shooting with a lot of your guys. You, you want to talk about that at all? Because, I mean, really, guys so, like me from the South and, uh, you know, the Midwest and whatnot, a lot of us don't really know what long-range shooting is because we've got so many damn trees everywhere. But you guys have tons of open space.
1: It's funny you say that because I do not consider myself a long-range guy at all. Um, I actually bumped into Phil Vallejo. How you say his, I can't remember how to say his last name, The modern-day sniper guy. Mm-hmm. He hangs around here and I bumped into him the other day and i was straight up telling him i was like i have no idea what i'm doing past 50 yards he's like oh you know let's let's you know do a range day one of these days and figure it out but you know then again everywhere you look in wyoming is 10 miles away so you sort of acquire a longer range eyeball for it Mm -hmm. because i only take my ar out to you know 50 yards or something and if they're any further than that then I'll just release release the claymore rumors and
0: plug my ears so you don't you don't normally it seems like a lot in a lot of your videos you do more long-range shooting the
1: stuff you're saying with like that savage 10 I got or my m14 mm-hmm. I'm experimenting in those videos like playing with holdovers with cheaper ammo so I can burn through more rounds I had a buddy of mine give me like a rough dope sheet. On some of my stuff. When it comes to windage, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I just, well, the wind's blowing that way. I'll point my gun this way.
0: There you have it, folks. Social media is deceiving.
1: Yes. um, I'm actually from New York, and I work for an insurance
0: company. (laughs) That would be the wildest trip up. Surprise. Surprise. This is my
1: my real voice, guys. Hmm. But, yeah, I'm still playing with it. I've shot out to 700 cons- consistently-ish shooting a trash can-sized target. But I still don't consider myself a long-range guy at all. I'm sure if ATF called and says, hey, we're raiding your house, I'm, I
0: bet I could make a difference there. I'll put it that way. So what kind of advice would you have for people listening as far as, like, vetting potential we'll call them friends i could probably go six months on this topic talking about this so i like six to ten minutes
1: so i leave (laughs) um sort of subtle hints throughout my social media posts like extremely subtle that only guys like you or uh John, who's recently he discovered me on Instagram and tracked me down through some of the little clues I've been throwing out there. Mm-hmm. That's one way to do it. Um, the other way is is just talk to people and see how they look at you, see their, how they dress, how they uh, communicate. you know
0: it's just like your job interviewing everyone you talk to mm-hmm. in a chill sort of way. And, and straight up, sometimes you just got to ask people and you're like, hey, you're interested in this? Yeah. Or sometimes I'll be, you know, I'll throw
1: the, the Trump card out there and be like, yeah, they cheated on the election. And usually that could get the ball rolling in the general direction, you know, with somebody that will pique my interest will be like, well, you know, Trump did. He did ban bump stocks. And I'm like, OK, you know what you're talking about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or sometimes I'll see a guy in a gun store like John and I look over a few aisles and he's C-clamping an AR, punching it out there like a pro and i'm like all right this guy knows what he's doing so you kind of have to know what you're looking for and know what key phrases to throw out there and Mm -hmm. i'll leave that to everybody of take it for what it's worth and let you figure it out on your own because i can't really teach a lesson on that
0: yeah for those listening you know you unless somebody if you're a person that has somewhat of a following like i used to have before instagram decided to ban me on everything um if you have some if you're someone that has somewhat of a following on social media um, or you know you're someone like that it's easy to recruit people if people just straight up message you like hey I want to train with you know the group of guys you post about that's easy but for people in your normal everyday life it's it's a process it's not a, a one-time conversation that you kind of got to feel them out over a period of time and and let that ball kind of roll and sometimes it happens sooner than others.
1: Yeah, usually it takes me like three to six weeks before I'm like, all right, yeah, we're gonna be over here on this day, and I'm gonna go ahead and tell you if you message me on Instagram, let's go shoot, bro. I'm gonna block, delete, report as spam because 90, 100 percent of the time that's a bad outcome. Let's see, I've
0: I've recruited a couple people that have messaged me on Instagram, and they've worked out really well. I don't think I've had anybody, I don't think I've had anybody not work out well that's messaged me on Instagram. Well, yeah, I mean, you're just, like, the, you're
1: General Lee over there. Who would not want to train with you?
0: <laughs> I am but a man. But, yeah, so, like, especially with work, you know, you kind of got to be careful how you word things and what direction you take things because if something goes wrong, like, if you start to feel them out and you're like, I think this guy's into it, and then you kind of let loose a little too much information one day, they could be like, ooh, this guy's, this guy's crazy. And now yeah. you have to work with that guy every day, and then maybe one day he fucking tells on yeah he tells on you whatever it may be
1: that's the big thing and i'll i'll throw a little secret out there that absolutely no one knows about me on the instagram world is i work a little few days at a gun store that and now i know absolutely everything about this county and that's how i was able to sort of see who all is in my area and i use this whole thing as a um, sort of a I guess you could say a recon. I hate that word now because it's been ruined. So it's it's, a, it's been a wrecky. Um, <laughs> I worked there behind the gun counter, and now I know everybody, everything. I know who all the fed snitches are. So that's something. Maybe if you're in that opportunity where you might could do something like that, that's probably going to be a massive benefit. That a cigar shop or like a barber shop. Barber because
0: shops are. A little golden spot. If you have a good old-fashioned barber shop,
1: yeah. Well, it's, that's what this this gun store is. If anything happens in this county worth knowing about, they're going to run straight to the gun counter and they're going to tell me about it. I've even had come in and say, "If you heard anything about this, and it's either yeah, he's in his blue car and he's going the underway, or it's nope, I hadn't heard it." So you'll learn a lot working behind some kind of a man cave style gun counter. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't have to be a gun store, but something like that, and you will learn because these old farts have nothing
0: to do but tell you stuff. Mm-hmm. And they like talking. That's for sure. They like to oh. make it think. They like to make you think that they know everything going on. Oh yeah, it's good stuff when they got
1: information they think you don't have.
0: Mm-hmm. And you kind of get, to, and, and sometimes you can kind of filter through the lies or the deception or the bull crap. Oh, yeah.
1: And I, I have a really good idea of who my gun hustlers and information hustlers are that are going to blow stuff up. And I'm like, like, okay, well, I read through the lines and someone crashed their car in a creek. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but yeah, that's, that's been my bread and butter as far as gathering people and information is working a little time here at this gun store. And holy cow, I have, you can't Google the amount of stuff I figured out in the
0: past few months. And that's another thing to bring up is is information through contacts. You know, not everybody you talk to that you may hit off well, you necessarily need to recruit. Sometimes it's nice to leave those nesting eggs in a few places and, and let them feed you information.
1: Oh, yeah. And uh, there's a certain high-profile person, I'm not going to say, his uh, contracted employee is someone I know really well, and he will um, – shoot me a dm through our top secret communications application and you know stuff like that i picked it up from the gun store that and the freedom of information act is where i have gotten absolutely everything
0: there's definitely a lot of information to be gotten from that that's for sure
1: oh yeah i can run a background check better than any fbi agency out there
0: you've got quite the nice tech setup just in general
1: well, I have an obsession with information and I have an obsession with things I'm not supposed to have, I'll put it that way.
0: <laughs> I think everybody does. If you put as much if you put as much work into getting information as you did your garden, you'd be a Oh, I'd
1: have 900 <laughs> bales of cotton set up right now and you can't grow cotton in Wyoming.
0: <laughs> so, let's kind of talk about um how how should I say this? Well, we'll talk about this one first. how how does how does cowboying you know kind of apply to some of the things we've talked about today? Not necessarily that not necessarily in the angle of well, let's convince everybody to go become cowboys, but you know what are some similar applications that comes into that? You know what are some skills that have carried over from that that other people may want to learn, so on and so forth? Uh,
1: being tough, um, as far as people in the gun community go, it's very rare when I meet someone who's tough, that old. Mm. Beat your ass in the rain, kind of tough. And that's people always ask you, well, "Does if I do this, does it make me a cowboy?" And I just, well, yeah, or I'll just, you know, not answer it because the answer is no. If you want to be cowboy, and yes, it does require cows because it's literally in the name. And uh, you got to be darn tough and reasonable and smart because what cowboying is is taking a bunch of cows that are going to beat your ass all day and turning a profit for the boss so you can get a paycheck that can return. So it requires brains and just being able to take
0: it. And stop and asking it, people if you're a cowboy. Oh gosh, I you, you have no idea. <laughs> either, either say you're a damn cowboy or be quiet.
1: I can look at you and tell you, even if you've never even sat on a horse, I can look at somebody and say, that fella right there can make a cowboy. There's a lot of other people that come up, you know, they got their... And they've got all the right clothing and brands and whatever. And I can still look at them and say, that dude ain't never been kicked in the head one day in his life. So, you know, I kind of got off topic there, but. No, that's fine. I definitely think. It's learning to be tough. um, Not get butt hurt if someone in authority tells you what to do. That's reasonable. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll put the word reasonable in there because there's a lot of people out there who'd be like, do this. And it's something stupid. And. Another kind of an odd one is knowing how to fist fight Because no one ever taught me that And I had to figure it out when I was rodeoing Because I've lost more fist fights than I've been in So that's not really like a general skill That's more of a physical type thing That I think everyone should know how to hold their own
0: And I think just that general nitty gritty You know, cowboy working, rodeo running Just old school spirit is just kind of more of what we need and you ain't got to be, you no, know, you ain't got to ride bulls. You ain't got to work cattle. You know, you ain't got to be that kind of stuff. But having that spirit and having that mental fortitude and just it's being a honest, tough son of a bitch is what we need.
1: It's an honest blue collar. I mean, that question you threw at me is kind of a hard one to pinpoint an actual answer on. Because I, mm-hmm. I like to give straight up answers. That's why I say yes all the time. Um, yes. Uh, but like, well, now I kind of lost my train of thought. It's just hard to convey that I'll, I'll put i'll tell this little story when i first i got into the gun world i dove straight into it just like i was getting into another event in rodeo mm-hmm. i had just gotten out of rodeo i decided i'd been run over by a truck and it crushed everything so i was down for the count for a while and i was like you know what i will get on board with this i'm gonna channel all my money and focus into it holy cow the amount of people that whine and complain this gear you're doing it wrong and you're supposed to i'm like oh my god because you know in rodeo if you do something different that sort of goes against the status quo or the sort of no one's ever done that before if you do that and make a ride and score 87 points people are gonna be like nice job that's a good ride i've never seen that happen before the gun world people they they just shit all over themselves I can't believe you do that. You know, that's Instagram points are zero. I'm like, <laughs> that was the biggest culture shock shifting into the gun world, watching these people fight. You know, somebody will post a picture of their gun and it was like, throw up emoji. That sucks. You know, hashtag not tactical. And I'm like, bro, the thing goes, boom, you pull the trigger and it does it every time you ask for it. Well, that's you part
0: know. of, that's also just part of what's wrong with the world is social media has ruins. So well, much. what it is is
1: you're behind a keyboard, you know, the phrase keyboard warrior, that actually is legit. Mm-hmm. You'd pull that kind of gun world crap in the rodeo world and I was you know, just
0: about to bring that up. <laughs> they'll either
1: beat you up right there behind the bucket shooter or they'll drag you out behind the parking lot and beat you up. One
0: or the other. There's no that, getting around. That's nothing is 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 out west is out west and a few corners of the deep south still. You you can't you cannot just openly run your mouth. You will get your ass stomped. Yeah. You're gonna
1: you know, if you're if it's if you're running your mouth to somebody from Mississippi and I was just talking to one of my old rodeo guys, he happens to be in the area from Mississippi. It's something I don't know why it's Mississippi, but if you run in your mouth that dude, they're gonna slap you once. And you're either gonna back down and be a little girl for in that guy's mind forever, or you're gonna have to square up and that's that.
0: We need, we need more of that, honestly.
1: Oh, there I can tell you where a bunch of it is.
0: it's not and it's not that everybody needs to just fight all the time to prove everybody's masculine and dominant you know that's that's not what I'm saying but you know we need everybody needs to learn just a little bit more respect
1: yeah it's people need to be quote spanked more Mm -hmm. you know i.e. a quick little beat you up behind the silver dollar type deal you know because I got spanked all the time when i was growing up my mom told her that
0: wooden spoon in her purse like a concealed handgun and she'd whoop you with it and <laughs> people don't know what that is again this is not this is not me advocating for everybody to go start fighting everybody that says yeah y'all, the word y'all
1: just know. go out and beat the hell out of each other and <laughs> just come back
0: beat and the about hell it. out of each other and, and figure it out no definitely definitely don't do that
1: yeah send um, it to me on the instagram where you got beat up
0: <laughs> send me a video um, yeah, definitely, definitely don't do that because uh, there's a lot of people out there that know a whole lot more about fighting than you do now, and and you are probably just you're probably gonna get hurt, or you get stabbed, or you get shot, or you do dumb shit.
1: Oh Not yeah, even. I've I've seen a couple. So another little fun fact that no one knows about me that I keep my mouth shut, and I, was, I like saying it in person sometimes because it's fun. Uh, Talk about fist fights turning into gunfights. There's an old <laughs> juke joint down in Mississippi. I was standing in, and sure enough, they were talking, and they got to malling off and do squeeze the trigger on his M&P shield it went through a post and hit me right in the shoulder nice I was just like and I, I thought it was hot sand that hit me because it was a critical defense that blew up in the yeah. uh, post I kept the brass I actually found the brass and kept it and uh went to my vet doc pull it out and he takes an x ray he's like oh there's some copper and lead kind of under your skin that's it I was like oh well that sucks I was hoping I'd have to bite a stick take a snort of whiskey and pass out
0: this has been an interesting podcast
1: <laughs> oh, I could we could do a whole other podcast on rodeo and cowboy stories I got hours of that
0: that's the thing is, I, mean, yeah, I mean the cow ro- rodeo and uh, separate from, from cowboy and rodeo is a whole different beast I don't think people know that there is a distinct difference between those that rodeo and those that cowboy because they are two different things
1: Yes It just But just because you cowboy Doesn't mean you can rodeo And just because you rodeo Does not mean you can cowboy
0: mm-hmm. But
1: you can do both At the same time
0: But you can do I'm both
1: sure Somebody listening Just pulled their earpods out And said I'm confused I quit But <laughs> it'll, If you think about it long enough It'll make sense
0: I've heard the expression In the past that No smart cowboy wants to rodeo But every rodeo wants to cowboy
1: Yeah You can think about it like that too Cause I did both. I've traveled. Let's see, my odometer right now is three hundred twenty-four thousand miles, and
0: Damn.
1: you know, my, I, me, and my boss calculated up my saddle mileage the other day, or not the other day, it's like the other month, and I've got about thirteen thousand miles in the saddle right now.
0: I need to get me a saddle with a speedometer, uh, an odometer on it. Well, you got to know exactly. <laughs>
1: And it's
0: like ciphering and
1: I don't cipher Ugh. I'm just wearing you out tonight
0: I'm I'm tired as hell as it is i I have I mean I've that's things my mind is just fried for this podcast and
1: so I'll, I'll throw this in there because I just thought of this let's hear it. and I and I told some other I'll call him a gunfighter. I don't know if he's ever been shot at or shot back. Maybe he has. Um, one of the best things rodeo can teach you in Transfer Over into the Gun World is, one, you will learn to think in a very high-stressful situation-slash-environment. I rode Saddle Bronx in a little bit of Bulls. If you can keep your head on straight riding eight seconds on the back of a, a Canadian bucking horse, you can keep your head on in any car wreck, gunfight, hand grenade throwing contest, you name it, because <laughs> you're going to build this sort of second identity in the back of your head that only is going to turn on when something decides, oh, shit, it's going down. Mm-hmm. And then the second part is rodeo cowboys or your rough stock guys, they have a spur board or a barrel. And what that is, you put your saddle or your your rigging on a spur board and you pretend you're riding that horse you spur it out, you're visually at the NFR grinding it down, or the bull riders, they're on that barrel at the PBR in their mind. And get it. Well, that's the exact same thing as dry fire. I dry fire like the same way I did when I was on the spur board. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things that'll, if you're like, I'm going to go all out and I'm going to be the best gun guy in the world, well, let's, let's try your hand on getting on a saddle bronc course. Because if you can learn to keep your head straight on that, if you start hearing rounds busting off out in Walmart somewhere, that little you that you've developed while riding Saddle Bronx is going to turn on, take over, and you're going to have every clear thought in your head, be able to make good decisions, and just go after it without having tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're going to some kind of tunnel vision, but you will get rid of all of that panic, oh shit, shaky
0: hands if you rodeo. That's the thing is you'll be amazed how being in certain situations high stress situations carry over to other completely unrelated situations oh yeah you can that that stuff really does carry over well if if you're somebody who handles it well to begin with
1: i call it building a high stress personality because when you know the guy in front of me his horse is turning out my saddle's pulled i got my vest on zipped up chaps are sucked down hats hat sucked down but people are still talking to me. I can still talk, and you know my horse might be, you know, kicking the shit out of the buck and shoot. But you're building this personality that comes out when it's about to be game on or is game on. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. I kind of may have started sounding like a rambling, but you can I kind of have to show you, or you have to experience to really see what I'm talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. What other kind of little talk points you got? You got well, anything?
1: drink lots of beer and snort plenty of snuff, boys.
0: Well, that's that's one way to live. I do not suggest doing that.
1: Yeah, no. Well, you should well, stockpile that because everyone has an addiction, and if it disappears from the store, they're gonna pay it for it.
0: I take that back. Everybody can drink beer. Beer will be all right. You'll be all right with some beer in you. Yeah, get you that some of that Coors. Well, not Coors. Yeah, Coors
1: oh. stub bottle, short 1931 tan bottle banquet beer.
0: I got a question for you. Yeah. It's completely unrelated to anything gun or tactics related. Me and my dad were talking about it the other day. It seems like the younger generation of folks, like people like our age, at least out here in a lot of like urban areas, um, people don't like to just drink beer anymore. People like to drink like just a ton of vodka and tequila and stuff, like just straight hard liquors. Is, like, is it like that out west or are people still beer drinkers out there?
1: Oh, uh, It's pretty much all beer. But I've seen that a lot, and I think it's just a money thing. People find it the cheapest way to get drunk and all that stuff. Mm. And that just sort of comes and goes. I've been to every stitch corner of this country, and there's just little pockets of who likes to drink what. Like out here, it's all beer and some stout-ass moonshine that you could put in your lawnmower and cut three hayfields with.
0: So I guess it's a, closing, a closing kind of talking point we could talk about here um, is what advice do you have for people that are looking to get into horses or mules um, in the near future, given everything that's going on? What what is some key points you would tell everybody so they don't kill themselves?
1: Uh, They need to find somebody. A mentor You know, when calm. I was, yeah, or some kind of somebody that already knows what they're doing. Preferably somebody that's got a lot of scars on their fingers and that doesn't swear. If you find somebody that's just like f this f f that wow wow going on and on, that's going to be a red flag because I'm out. You know, for various different reasons, it's not whoa if they cuss they do they're going to treat you like this. Well, it's just something you should just be aware of. Like when I started learning to really what it means to be a cowboy, I had a guy at who's a runner of a... Well, I probably shouldn't say his ranch name, but he was a retired bull rider, um, laid brick, and he said, if you want to work for me, you can come lay brick, and when it's time to ride, you're going to learn how to ride. But he never, you know, was dishonest, real clean guy and stuff like that, and never drank a drop in his life or did any kind of drugs. But he was rough as nails. So you want to find you somebody like that
0: mm-hmm. well I, I i accidentally let it slip once this episode i'm usually pretty good about it when i'm doing business things but i say the f word about six times a sentence
1: oh in, me too but in, in, you in know, normal
0: life <laughs> if, if you if you if you talk to me outside of me recording a podcast episode or recording a youtube video i say the f word it's just every other word
1: Oh, I, I say it like it's going to be banned by Joe Biden next week. But, you know, that's just a, <laughs> a certain little just key thing. You know, I'm sure if they, you know, use some of those words just to kind of lighten the mood, use your own judgment, but that's a red flag I have noticed. Whenever I talk to some of these foremans or ranches before I work, if they're talking to me in, in a certain way, then maybe I'm going to go find somewhere else.
0: What... What kind of advice do you have for people as far as saddle selection for guys that are new? Yes.
1: Um, So there's a company out there called Hilson that will get you killed quick, fast, and in a hurry. Other than that, you're just going to have to – it goes back to finding somebody that already knows what they're doing and riding their saddles. I ride a $4,500 Pickup Man saddle, and it will stop a 9mm hollow point. Or it'll stop ball ammo. You know, it's a very specific stout, 55-pound saddle. That's me. My boss, he rides a Corriente. Um, that's his deal. There's some people that they ride a Tennessee walking saddle because they don't swing a rope. Now, never trust a man that doesn't have a saddle horn. Point being, it's going to boil down to what you, who you are, what you're doing, and who taught you. Mm-hmm. Same thing with your spurs. I know a guy, he only lot rides with a left spur on because that's the way his daddy taught him.
0: And if you're a person that is not about to go work a ranch all day, you ain't got to buy a $4,500 saddle. If you're if, hate- you're if your plan is to just ride trails and throw some saddlebags on and have at it, you can get a $500 saddle.
1: Yeah. And you, if, you know, you, that $500 saddle, there's nothing wrong with that. Chances are, the more you ride it, the more you're going to look into a thousand-dollar saddle, yeah. or twenty-five hundred-dollar saddle.
0: Been
1: there, and so on. And then you might trade a fancy gun for a thirty-five hundred-dollar saddle.
0: I definitely need. I, I I need a saddle upgrade really badly right now, actually.
1: Because I mean, yeah, I've got thirteen thousand miles in saddle. I've only burned up three saddles, and there's a reason I've only burned up three saddles because I had some good quality stuff, and. Yeah, my knees, I can't hardly stand after 10 hours, but I still have a set of knees because I, you know, blew all my money on a saddle. Because that's your life when you're out there cowboying. I mean, it's its like having a car. If you don't have a good car, you're not mm-hmm. going to go places.
0: Yeah, I desperately need to upgrade my saddle right now. I've been putting that off for a while because I just like, can't justify putting money towards it. Getting in your and case,
1: you probably can get a whole lot more use out of your current saddle that I've seen than you think
0: oh for sure my my saddle does exactly what it needs to do it keeps me on my horse and it carries my saddlebags
1: that's the thing about cowboying. if it gets the job done it don't make a difference if it's made out of bell and twine or duct tape if it gets the job done and you can complete what you have been told to do it doesn't matter
0: now i can't you know rope and drag and do all that kind of stuff with my saddle right now but I don't, yeah. have, I don't have a bunch of cows right now, so I'm not really too concerned about it. It's getting done what
1: you need, and that's all that matters. And that's like that story about me diving into the gun world and being shocked. That's what I was used to, and because that's really what the honest end-of-the-day truth is. You know, some of you guys out there complaining about somebody else not having a BCM upper, it gets the job done. Would you stand in front of it and let somebody shoot you with it? No. Okay, it's fine. Mm-hmm. That's one of my biggest things and with this gun, gram,
0: whatever. And there are oh, some exceptions and there are some exceptions to that rule. Very few. But it does you don't have to be as nitpicky as some people are. Whether we're talking about saddles or whether we're talking about guns. Getting the job done is one hundred percent a thing. Yeah. Um, well yeah, I mean like like don't, I, yeah, I Don't buy a, a high point equivalent of a saddle. Well
1: yeah. Th- exactly. Like I own a <laughs> A $4,500 saddle, even though it has 6,500 miles already on it. That's essentially like me having a BCM with a 1,000 rounds through it. I have that nice setup there because I need it to run like it's when I need it to run. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with a gun. I'm sure if somebody showed up with a high-point carbine, yeah, you can tag along, but um, that thing stovepipes, that's not going to be great. So yeah, you, it's it's a uh, buy what you need and what you can afford to get, whether it's saddles or guns. If you can only afford a um, Palmetto State Armory rifle because you're, that's just what you can get. Hey, it's gonna get the job done, mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with you know an $800 saddle. Sure, you can rope and drag on it, but after a while, you are gonna want an upgrade. Yeah, oh, But sure. you shouldn't ever get on to anybody, whether it's on a post or if someone's signing on to a ranch and you see them with a cheap cell barn saddle.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, as a, as a last talking point, and we'll wrap this up, do you, in your honest-to-God opinion, would you suggest to somebody that they dive into the horse world now, if they're not already in it solely for the purpose of thinking they're going to be better prepared for when fuel runs out.
1: Um, if it's something you want to do, then yeah, you better go ahead and start. Mm -hmm. If you even have a stitch of you, that's like, eh, I don't want to deal with that extra chore slash responsibility. Start thinking about a different way to get ready for that fuel shortage, whatever, um, emp attack if you want to go into the other way
0: mm-hmm.
1: because it can even for experienced horse people if hay runs out you're screwed mm-hmm. you know up here down there i mean you guys can get nine or ten cuts out of a hay field you know yeah that's probably a, a big number but up well, here we, we might get two or three cuts and that's a big deal
0: well you, you say know, that but it's all it's all fine and dandy to be able to grow plenty of hay But if people can't afford fuel to put in tractors and balers and, or, you know, I can't afford fuel to go pick up hay. That's a, that's a whole, that's a whole different ballpark.
1: Yeah. Well, they did. Uh, so the hay harvesting thing goes back to the, well, horses were around before cars. So how hard can it be? You know, they still cut hay back. There's a, folks will find a way to get, you know, five cuts a year in your area out of hay after a while. So it's, Hay prices and availability isn't a huge deal in the sense that people have done it for thousands of years, but at the same time, if you don't have hay, good luck. You know, unless you graze them everywhere.
0: Mm-hmm. Hell, I cut about I cut about an acre today on my zero turn, and mm-hmm. I I kid you not, that grass was every bit of four and a half five feet tall. I could have hated it.
1: Oh yeah, just bail it up and sell it for three hundred dollars.
0: Well, I ain't got I ain't I ain't got no bailer or anything like that, so I was like, ah, screw it, It's getting cut.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. you can just pilot it on a flatbed and haul it out here, and people buy it for nine hundred dollars because hay is bad out here. Is it? I let's see. Megan bought two tons the other day of small squares, and it was five hundred twenty-five dollars. Shoo! Down there, you'd probably pay thirty-five dollars.
0: Mhm. What do you, What's round bales going for up there right now?
1: Uh, In the state of Mississippi, last I checked when I talked to uh, the boss man, it was for a roll of some good uh, alfalfa, $40 for one ton.
0: Well, I meant like, what is it up in Montana right now?
1: Oh, expensive. It's like (laughs) gas prices. Um, (laughs) It's kind of depending on who you get it from. Hmm. I'm going to say a one ton roll is maybe about $400. For alfalfa. $400?
0: Mid-grade
1: yeah, mid-grade grass might run you into the two to the high 300s. What? Yeah! Holy crap. I'm hoping some of that flood washes down here in these hay fields, because maybe we can get another cut and drop the price maybe $2 or something, because it's hurting.
0: Wow, I had no idea hay prices were that high up there. Oh,
1: it's jacked up. And I thought about, you know, calling the boss and and hey, hook your trailers up, load up the flatbeds, get the 18-wheelers running and let's haul it and then gas jumped to five dollars so you know that's
0: crazy
1: gas is bad well i'll ride my horse well hay's bad well i'll just build a steam engine well coal's expensive well i'll burn wood in the steam engine well lumber's been up since 2020 so there's just no cheap way to travel right now
0: there really isn't i i i know i'm hurting oh yeah
1: it's and, and gas is around the board it's kind of the same price but hay is horrible up here
0: yeah, that's, that's crazy. Uh, I, I could not imagine hay prices being that high down here. Oh, if hay God. prices get that high down here, we, something horrible has gone wrong.
1: Yeah, uh, you'll find out a way to shell it out like you know some of us do, but it ain't. it's not great. And it's been – so 2020, it was like 127 for premium grass,
0: I think. Let's see. That's high compared to here.
1: Oh. Yeah, and I remember that, too, because it was 15 in Mississippi at that same time, and I thought about pulling that same smoking the Bandit stunt, hauling it up here, but then uh, I decided to make a turn and head back south and do some more other fun activities.
0: So how many horses do you have right now?
1: Technically, I have none, but Megan has all of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, don't you dare come touch Megan's horse. She'll shoot you or beat you with a stick or one or something. <laughs> so,
0: but how many horses about, does Megan have?
1: She's got, well, I'll say two and a half right now. The herd's thin. One of them's 26 years old, so he's done. And mm-hmm. we got Trigger and Danny. Trigger's that Palomino. Danny's the paint.
0: I like uh, that paint.
1: Well, if Danny, if something thinks it's going to get him, he just rolls over and dies. He just, okay, I'm, that's it. The world's ending. I'll just put my feet in the air and I'll just die right here. <laughs> like, he doesn't even buck or fart. He's too fat. You know, Trigger, you show up my M14. He snorts, blows, and farts and tries to run away.
0: Damn, man. You're struggling up there right now.
1: Oh, gosh. Next thing you know, the mountain's going to fall down and we're not going to have shade in the time. <laughs> but I'm thinking about, um, having two horses from the boss man shipped up here and i'll buy them from him and i'm debating that route right now so
0: you better do it sooner than later
1: well i've got um one of the vet i worked for down there he's headed up here anyway so i may see if he's willing to haul a trailer which he's not disinclined to it then i'll i'll call him up and say boss sell them to me for 300 dollars. you know <laughs> Are they broke? Yeah. Well, that's why I only deal with him with horses is because they're all the ones I have either ridden or I know exactly where they're coming from and who broke that thing.
0: For $300? Or are you being well, sarcastic?
1: Yes, yeah, half sarcastic. I used to buy horses for $300 that were decent. Now, up here, they're probably twenty-five dollars to $5,000 for just a decent broke horse.
0: I was going to say, you can't find no broke horses for $300 no more.
1: Oh, in Kentucky, I could probably find you a two hundred dollar horse that'll take you all the way to Mississippi. Mm. You just gotta know where to look.
0: Yeah, it's 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 hard telling these Kentucky folks; they'd be kind of. It's like
1: these these gear pickers online where they find all kinds of junk for cheap and all that stuff, and you're just like, "Where the hell did you find that?" Well, it you just gotta know where to look.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing is everybody in Kentucky thinks they're a horse dealer.
1: That's everywhere.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. Well, Will, this has been a pleasure, buddy. This has been a, bit, oh, yeah. a little bit more casual episode, but I'm glad I got to I got to get you on. We got to talk about some cowboy stuff.
1: I'm sure I sounded like a, a drunk clown at a bar rambling on, and I probably didn't make any bit of sense. But
0: that's all right. Um, yeah, if, that's okay. I'd like to I'd like to tell you that one day I'm eventually going to come up and see you guys, but I, I can't afford to leave my house right now, let alone go to Wyoming. that,
1: that makes two of us. I don't blame you, but if y'all get smoked out by the atf in kentucky you know just start heading west and if you can lock onto highway 287 anywhere between here and there i know every inch of that thing from rodeo times
0: just pony a horse on down there and i'll hop on and we'll get after it
1: yeah just pony out a horse just like that (laughs) oh sure yeah i just pony him right out
0: no problem just like them (laughs) westerns (laughs) all right buddy you want to give any shout outs Oh,
1: I could, if I shouted out I wondered people think I'm drunk. Someone might shoot at me. Um, I kind of mentioned all the accounts that I've pretty, that got me into this. You know, mm-hmm. Lucas Botkin and his whole shooting match of posse members he's got down there. I have combed over every one of those videos, and that's how I learned how to shoot these AR guns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the guys like Mill Speck and grand thumb and uh actually john lovell followed me and mess- messaged me the other day about the same type of topic really? all those guys really? that i gotta i gotta give them credit for all this
0: uh Thanks.
1: especially john lovell being such like a, a good like clean if there's drama going on i could just go click on his page and it's you know it's like a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. but uh yeah that and then uh all the people I'd want to give a shout out to are on classified terms, and I'm not going to put crosshairs on them, if that makes sense.
0: That's just fine and dandy. So, I give a yeah. shout out. I give a couple shout outs. Shout out to Max and Dave at the Undes- Undesirable Individuals, and then the Polar Connection. As always, you know, for helping me get my podcast started, and they they make out. They keep uh, releasing a few episodes here and there. So, give them a listen. If you go listen to the Undesirable Individuals podcast, he. Max and Tanner just, they ramble, but it's a good listen. Um, and then a shout-out to a newer podcast, um, the uh, Descent Into Liberty, I believe that's what it's called. Let me check my, yeah, Descent Into Liberty podcast. He only has a couple episodes out so far, but he's got pretty good podcast going so far.
1: And I guess I, get, I do got to give Seaburn Art a big massive credit slash shout-out because when they he's did their page. art, and then got canned and then reposted that art they did to me like the floodgates open you're a cowboy please validate my gun and that cracked me up
0: uh by the time this podcast is out hopefully i have my personal page back up and running which i will post on a lot more i'm kind of i kind of hold back on posting on the business page because i don't want it to be just like a self-blog in a sense. I kind of want to leave it business-related, but hopefully I have, by the time this episode comes out, which will be this coming Monday, which is 16, 17, 18, 19, Monday the 20th, June 20th, um, hopefully I have my personal page back up and I'll have homesteading stuff up on there. I'll have all the stuff and highlights from training with my guys and information and all that kind of stuff. So I don't know what the title of that page will be yet, but I'm sure you can go uh, to the everyday since tactical page and find some sort of link to that.
1: Yeah. I'm hoping to get up, uh, doing some lives with different people. Once uh, tourists thin out and I can get, and the cell phone towers aren't bogged down again, Dang doing some with you and, uh, pastor and Sam, even though he's right down the road and dusty and all them.
0: Mm-hmm. So all that good stuff. Awesome. Well, if you've got nothing else for me, buddy, this was a pleasure. Yes, sir, boss. All right, guys, that's. Nice. Conc- oh, did you have something to say?
1: Oh no, I just said it's been nice, and I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've actually talked, other than like Snapchat texting.
0: I think it. I think it technically is. I mean, we Snapchat on a normal basis, but I don't, there may have only been one or two other occasions where we have like talk talk like this. Yeah. So you boys
1: out there, watch your top knot. You probably have no idea what that means, but I'll leave you with that.
0: All right, guys, that is the end of episode four of the Everyday Citizens Tactical Podcast, Cowboy Up. Until next time, guys, train hard, train often.
1: Tell me turn it down and i am going only turn up louder. Yo! Call me what you wanna, but you can't call me no coward. Yo! Strength the numbers, we the people, still the ones with power. Fighting fire with fire, time to take back what is ours. Tell me turn it down and i am going